Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Hebrews chapter 11. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. If you don't have a Bible, you can share with the person next to you. Hopefully they're kind and generous, especially if they're part of Calvary. Amen. And if you're single and they're single, by faith, a lot of things can happen. If you don't have a Bible here or watching online, we're going to put it up on the screens as well. Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to begin to read in verse 1. If you're there, can you say amen? Amen. Okay, the word of the Lord says this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. visible. Verse four, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch, he was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Verse 6, I want you to look at this verse. And without faith, somebody say without faith. It is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And that he rewards those who seek him. If you're taking notes today, we're going to wrap up this by faith series in the month of January and go on next month to a new series. But, but we're going to close it out with vision for our personal lives and collective lives as a church. And I just titled it by faith. It's our theme for the year. It's the word for the year that we're going to live by. We're going to live by faith. Let's talk about it, what it means to our church and our personal lives. We're going to pray. And then I want to share around Hebrews chapter 11. Then we're going to celebrate Jesus, worship one more time, and celebrate baptisms outside and take on the year by faith. Amen? Come on, let's close our eyes, bow our head. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for Calvary Church. Thank you for each and every single person that's here today. Thank you for this place that we call home, this family. Thank you for all that you've done over the last two decades. Thank you, God, for all. You've been faithful, God. You have been faithful. Thank you for heart for the house. We pray that you would bless it, multiply it, as we send it around the world, that people would know the gospel, hear Jesus, and that your kingdom will be built. Thank you for everyone here today, God, as you are building your house. Thank you for loving people like us. God, we, don't, we can't earn it. We don't deserve it, but you've been good and kind to all of us. God, open up our eyes to see you today in a fresh and new way. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, and all of Calvary Church says? Amen. Oh, come on. All of Calvary Church says? Amen. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on, Calvary. The Chicago Cubs were playing in the World Series several years ago in the year 2016, and and they were in game seven. It was game seven. They were up by a few runs, and it looked like the Cubs were finally going to win a World Series that they hadn't won in over 100 years. The Cubs are known as, or were known as having this curse over them and, and not being able to win a World Series. 
And so here they are, they're, they're winning by a couple of runs, and it's the last inning. It's the ninth inning. If you know anything about baseball, it's the last inning. And, and the Cleveland Indians, the, the opposite team, they made a couple of runs, and now the game is tied in the ninth inning. And so the Cubs, they begin to hang their head. They get down, and they're like, the curse, it's back. <laughs> We're not going to win. They get upset. And you can tell the attitude of the team begins to change. They're like, we're never going to win a World Series again. Right there at the ninth inning, the rain begins to come down on the stadium, and they have to pause the game. There's a delay of game. The teams go to their dugouts, and, and everybody has to wait. And there was a 17-minute rain delay. As they're in the dugouts, one of the, one of the players on the Cubs team, he's a right fielder, Jay Henderson. He says, hey, hey, the whole team in the weight room right now. We've got a team meeting right now. And he calls the entire team to the weight room. And in the weight room, he begins to look around. He's like, why are you hanging your head? Why are you down? And he begins to talk about good things of every teammate. He's like, did, did you forget who we are? We're the Cubs. We have the best record in the Major League Baseball. Like, we didn't get here by accident. Look at the history. We just won a game seven last series to get into the World Series. And he literally said the phrase, remember who you are. The rain stopped. They went outside, and they came out swinging. They made a couple of hits, a couple of runs, and after 108 years, the Cubs won their first World Series. Remember who you are. I thought about that story because I think when it comes to our journey with God, our faith walk with God, so often we forget who he is, who we are, and more importantly, whose we are. Life is challenging for each and every single one of us. If it's not money, the salary, if it's not our health, if it's not our marriages, our relationships, life is difficult. And when life gets difficult, I've had friends tell me, I don't know, it just feels like I'm cursed. You ever had, heard somebody say that? Yeah. I don't know, it just feels like a curse. My family, man, I can never get above the water. It just feels like I'm cursed. And so we hang our head low and we're just like, yeah, this is life. This is the way it's always gone. I'm always going to be broke. <laughs> I'm always going to have so many bills, 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 bills. Can you pay my bills? <laughs> Can you pay my automobile? <laughs> this is the way life is always going to be. Mom is sick or dad is this, grandma's this, my brother, my sister, my kids, my kids, they need Jesus. They're going to hell. My kids, they just need Jesus, right? And all of a sudden it can seem like there's just this pressure on us and we forget who we are. We forget who we are. And so we hang our head. We throw in our towel, and we never amount to anything for the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about for worldly standards. I'm talking about for God's kingdom. We never step out and do anything for God because we're too messed up. Look at our life. Look at our bloodline. Look at our family history. Oh, I mean, you just know I'm Hispanic. Look at my family history. All of us got bad tempers. Like, of course I got a bad temper. My great-grandma got divorced. My grandma got divorced. My, 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 my mom got divorced. Of course I'm going to end up in divorce. Look at my husband. I married the wrong guy. And we look at all these things, and we forget that we come from a different bloodline once we come into Jesus. Oh, come on. I wonder, I wonder if I know if you know whose bloodline you're a part of. Come on. Come on. I'm part of a new blood. I got the blood of Jesus now running through me. Oh, 
on, come on. If you look at our family history spiritually, we come from a line of giants. Anybody with me? I got people that brought down lions, bears, and giants. I come from a line and a history of people that stepped out and believed God for miracles. I got heritage that believed that the open sea would come and we would walk across. Oh, I got a history of people that believe God by faith. Oh, I look at my history and I got people that stepped out in faith, victorious, in healing. Anybody with me? Come on, we move by faith. So easily we start to look around. Look at this. I got another bill. I got another Amazon package, even though we're overdrafted. My wife just keeps shopping. Don't say amen there. Can I ask you this? What are your eyes on today? What are, what are we looking at today? Are we looking at all that we don't have, our lack of resources, our lack of power, how weak we are, how little our faith is, our history, our failures, what the future holds? I wonder what we're looking at because the Bible tells me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul wrote that we walk by faith, not by we walk by faith. And so faith tells me something different than what my eyes tell me. Are you hearing me? Come on. Second Corinthians chapter 5, it says we walk by faith, not by sight. So my eyes may be telling me one thing, but my faith speaks louder now. I need to be a believer. That means I come from a family history that believed God in spite of what their vision was seeing. And so in front of me, I may be seeing no way out, but faith says God always makes a way where there is no way. My eyes may be seeing a dark night, but faith tells me that the sun will rise in the morning. I may be seeing my lack, but my faith sees a provider. I may be seeing my sickness, but my faith sees a heat. Oh, come on, anybody with me at 11 a.m.? Come on, lady. I walk by faith and not by sight. And so this year, why don't we make a decision? Let's walk by faith. I walk by faith. Come on, if we walk by sight, none of us will do anything for God. I know me, I know how weak I am. I know I'm not the strongest, more, most intelligent. I'm not the brightest one in the room. <laughs> Lulu laughed, really loud at that. And I, I'm offended, I'm offended. Like, you know, when we think about faith personally, like, what are you looking at this year? Come on, we're only four weeks in, going on five. Like, have we already given up on everything that God could do this year? Starting off for a new year, you got ready, you got amped. You said, I'm not going to have a cynic attitude and ain't another year. No, I'm going to believe God. But that week two came around, week three, and we started looking at everything around us. Say, I'm going to walk by faith. In spite of what my relationships look like, in spite of what my money tells me, I got funny money. In spite of what anything tells like I'm going to believe God. Come on, personally, God wants to use you and I. But we need to see with eyes of faith. Collectively as a church, like, we, we haven't done all that we've done because we're the greatest people in the world. We're the smartest people in the world. We're the brightest, genius, strongest people in the world. Just a bunch of us that gathered together, pastors, elders, dream team, and we're just like, let's just believe that God can use people like us. Come on, let's just believe that God is able to do it. Seven years ago, our church went through a hard transition. We had $5 in the bank. That was all we had. Half the church left. It was ugly seven years ago. Maybe you're new. Like, this is awesome. You weren't here seven years ago. 
And we could have said, let's close the doors. And I mean, we don't know what we're going to do. How do we even pay our staff the next week? You know what we did? We gathered together. We said, how are we going to do this? By faith? Just believing that God's not done. God's not finished. Seven years later, a million dollars to our city. You know, I just decide to live by faith in spite of what my eyes see. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. All we can ask, think, or imagine. Slap your neighbor and tell him it's by faith. It's by faith. Seven years later, we are making a difference in the world. Because some people said it's not about me, but it's about him. And if I live by faith, we can make a difference. I'll put it this way today. Ordinary people living by faith in an extraordinary God can do out of the ordinary things. Today, maybe you're looking at all you lack. Alex, you don't know my history. You don't know where I come from. You don't know where I was, what I've been doing. You don't know what I was doing last night. I don't. But if you live by faith in an extraordinary God, you can do out of the ordinary things. God takes average people and does above average work. You look at our staff, our team, nobody's above average. <laughs> Some of the team is like, speak for yourself. <laughs> right? Like, we're not that special. Like, none of us here today online or different rooms, wherever you're at, like, none of us are that great, that strong, that special, very anointed. Nobody's that anointed. But we trust God. Right? That he can take ordinary people and do out of ordinary things when we live by faith in an extraordinary God. I'm glad I have the God that I serve. Because he uses messed up people. Maybe you're in here today, you're like, this is not for me. I'm messed up. No, that's for you. We're all messed up. <laughs> We're all messed up. Amen. And this is what the author of Hebrews is trying to tell us in Hebrews chapter 11. If, if you remember Hebrews, a couple of months ago, we just did a six-week study through the book of Hebrews. One of my favorite books. Hebrews is absolutely amazing. And in the book of Hebrews, the Jews that had become followers of Jesus they start, they start doubting. They feel the pressure of society for becoming believers. There's a whole lot of pressure on them. They're being persecuted. So some of them are walking away from the faith, and they're going back to Judaism. I'm going to go back to the priest that I can see, the temple that I can see, and the sacrifices that I can see. Because this story about Jesus and him dying for me and me not having to kill another goat or bull or rat, I just don't get it. So I'd rather go back to this. Right before chapter 11, in chapter 10, the author of Hebrews says, we are not part of those people who shrink back in faith. Come on, that's some good talk. That's, the author of Hebrews, what he's doing is like that Cubs player that got us in the room. He's like, remember who you are. We're people of faith. And he's like, we're not people who shrink back. We're people who walk by faith. So he goes on to chapter 11 and he says, oh, let me tell you how all these people walked by faith. And he's going to list a bunch of ordinary, messed up people who trusted God, and he used them. Abraham, for sure, Abraham was a man of God, but Abraham was also a liar. Noah, yeah, Noah, awesome. He built the ark. I saw veggie tales. It was awesome. But, but Noah also got drunk. You know Rahab, Rahab, what a woman of God. She was a prostitute. Rahab. <laughs> like... He uses messed up And you know what chapter 11 is known as? The hall of faith. You think you would walk through the hall of faith and see perfect people. Look at this. Oh, they were perfect. I wish I could live like them. And, oh, look across this. Oh, they got statues of perfect. No, you know, we got, we got statues of liars, drunks, 
prostitutes? That's our hall of faith. Because the glory is not to us, the glory is to him. Come on, Calvary, you hear me? The glory is to God that he uses messed up people. And so Hebrews chapter 11, he's like, let me tell you what faith is. Don't go back to the old priest and the temple and, and all these sacrifices. We walk by faith. And so he begins with a description of faith in chapter 11. Let's read it one more time, what we just read a couple minutes ago. Verse 1, look at what he says. Now faith, somebody say faith. faith. It's the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This is a description of what is faith? Well, the author here is going to tell us this is what faith looks like. It's the assurance of what you're hoping for, and it's the conviction of what you don't see. In one commentary book, I like the way they put it. They put it this way. Faith is seeing the future of God, and it's the invisible kingdom of God. Faith is seeing the future of God and seeing the invisible. I'll put it this way. Faith is saying, I know what God promises me for tomorrow, and I'm going to believe it for today. I may not be healed today, but he, he promised healing. I may, not, I may not have all the money in the world, but he promised that he's a provider. And so one day, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be next week, it may not be a year from now, but it's coming because I see the promise by faith. God says he's a healer, he's a provider, he's going to help me through my addiction, through my bad habits. I believe that by faith. And it's the conviction of things not seen. What does that mean? That means there's a greater reality than what my eye is seeing right now. Are you hearing me, Calvary? What is faith? Like, I, I see you, you see me, you know who's next to you, you know what they look like, like we know what kind of shirt you have on. There's a greater reality than this reality that, are, that we gotta see through our eyes of faith. Meaning, you gotta start looking around your life and saying, I don't see just the bill or the sickness or the marriage in trouble. I see angels coming to minister, coming to restore, coming to redeem. I see the invisible kingdom of God as if it were here. Faith has eyes. And so the vision for your life, you're either going to see it by your physical eyes or by your spiritual eyes. Faith sees, and we need to get a picture by faith. He says it's having the assurance of what I believe and the conviction of what is not seen. I believe God's promises and I trust him even though I don't see it with my physical eyes. Are you following me, church? Yes. And then look what he says in verse two. For by it, by faith, the people of old, meaning these old heroes, the Old Testament, thousands and thousands of years ago, these people, it says they received their commendation or they were called righteous, right with God because of faith. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. He says the people that lived back in the day, they, they just trusted and believed God and God called them righteous because they believed before seen. In today's world, people are like, I'm believing, I got to see it to believe it. No, but I'm telling you, God, is, I got to see it to believe it. I got to see it to believe it. Faith is believing before seen. We believe that the universe was made not out of things that are visible, but out of the invisible. In the 1960s, the Soviet Union, they sent people out into space. And this one astronaut, he came back and he said, I got proof there is no God. I traveled in space for several days and I did not see God. God does not exist. And everybody's like, genius. 
right? And I get it because the atheist needs to see to believe. Six months later, the United States, they sent another astronaut, John Glenn. He traveled several days in outer space. He came back and he says, I'm telling you, there is a God. And they're like, why? He says, I saw the stars. I saw the moon. I saw planet Earth. And all of the universe speaks of a creator who is alive. Oh, come on. We have faith. Come on. Now, we believe to see. That's faith. I don't see him, but I see everything else that speaks of him. Come on, I may not see how I'm going to make it through this year, but everything else tells me if he takes care of the lily, if he takes care of the birds, if he takes care of the grass, oh, surely he'll take care of my soul. He'll provide. He'll feed me. He'll clothe me. Come on, anybody with faith in here. I'm going to believe by faith. He's got me. We believe it. The universe was made by faith. God spoke it, and it was done. And then he gets to verse 6. In verse 6, absolutely important that we get it. The author of Hebrews, he gets to verse 6, and he says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. The bottom line, when I'm reading verse 6, you know what I understand? Like, I can't pray without faith. I can't communicate with God without faith. God and me can't have a relationship if I don't have faith. Charles Spurgeon said, faith is the extended hand to God. It's by faith that I talk to God. It's by faith that I walk with God. It's by faith that I believe that there is a God who loves me and he cares for me in spite of all my mess ups. He has a plan and a purpose for my life. It's by faith. Today, if you're saying, Alex, I would love to please God. I want to live a life that's righteous. I want to try to have a relationship with God. It's by faith. It's not by your past. It's not by your present. It's not by your future. It's by faith. doesn't matter where you've been. doesn't matter what you've done. It's by faith. We're justified by faith. He saved us by faith. He's saving us by faith. And he will save us by faith past, present, and future. Without that, it's impossible to please God. Alex, but I gave a lot for heart for the house. It's impossible to please God just because you have money. You can't buy God. He has more money than all of us. (laughs) The Bible says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. What does that mean? He's super rich. (laughs) Right? Like, because people try to do that. People are like, well, I, 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 you know, I give a lot, like a lot. And so I'm good with God. It's impossible to please God without faith. Oh, no, I know, but I'm, I'm a really good person, and so he must love me. No, do you have faith? He wants you to walk by faith, and that's a life pleasing to him. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Rahab, Abel, Enoch, all messed up people, they live by faith. You know, you and I can add our name to that at the end of all 16, not because we're great, or because we're heroes of the faith, but because we can live by faith in spite of what we've done. As a church, you know what we're going to do? We're going we're to do what God has called us by faith. Otherwise, it's impo- we can have all the services in the world. We can have all the conferences. We can do everything. But if we don't have faith, we won't please him as a church. And so we're going to continue to live by faith. The past three weeks, we talked about fear. We talked about failures. 
and we talked about unexpected futures. What I want to tell you, Calvary is not going to be paralyzed by past failures. We're not going to be paralyzed by past failures. Number one, Calvary would not be paralyzed by past failures. Here's what I tell you. Has the church done messed up things in the history of the world? Absolutely. The church has never gotten it 100% correct. If you're here today watching online and you've been offended by a church, by a pastor, by a leader, I want to tell you, I'm going to be the first. If nobody's told you, I'm sorry. And I know no church has been perfect throughout history. But that's not going to stop us from continuing to move forward that believe that God can use a place, walking by faith, to try to help the world out. We're going to try to do it. We're going to try. Number two. The church will not be limited by present fears. We're not going to be scared by everything that's happening in the world. We're not going to let fear dictate what the church does. Several years ago, COVID shut down everything. We had to literally close the building, everybody go home. We couldn't even meet legally if we wanted to. But you know what? That never made us make decisions by fear. We said, you know what? We're going to trust God. He's for us. He's with us. And whatever happens, we're going to move by faith. And number three, Calvary will not be idle because of uncertain futures. Alex, for the day of tomorrow, mira como el mundo. <laughs> right? like, there's people that are like, look at the world. Look, it's getting worse. It might be. The Bible tells us that. Yeah. But we're going to make our decisions not by what the world does or dictates, but because of what God tells us. Right. We're going to move by faith. The day of tomorrow, we may go to jail for what we're preaching today. You can't say Jesus is the only way. I'm not going to live in fear, I'm not going to live in failure, and I'm not going to live in uncertainty. I'm going to live by faith. faith. And we're going to continue to do what God has called us to do. Are you with me, Calvary? Yes. What, what is it that Calvary does? I'll explain, every year I like to explain our vision really, really quick, and I hope you get it. We talk a lot about it during our team meetings, but um, our, our vision comes from, I believe, something that you find all throughout Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. God wants to do four things with humanity. Listen to me clearly. I think you find it all throughout Scripture. In fact. In Exodus chapter 6, it's called the four I wills. In Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 7, God tells the people of God, I will bring you out, I will free you, I will redeem you, and I'll take you as my own people. Somebody say that with me. Come on. I'll bring you out, I'll free you, I'll redeem you, and I'll take you as my... These are four things that God tells the people of God. In fact, to this day, Jews, when they celebrate Passover, they have four cups of wine. And they celebrate each I will. He took us out of Egypt. He freed us from Egypt. He redeemed us. And he made us his own people. The four I wills. Now, I believe you see this in the New Testament as well. Paul, when he's praying for us, when he's praying for all the believers, he basically says this in another kind of way. Look at, look at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. He's saying, oh, I pray that you would know him that your eyes would be enlightened, that you would know the hope to which he's called you, the inheritance in his holy people. Four things. You see this in 1 Corinthians as well. All that. Basically, we believe there's four reasons why God created humanity. Are you hearing me, church? Four reasons why God created humanity. Number one, relationship. Two, character. Three, function. Four, fulfillment. This is what we believe that you find all throughout Scripture, that God wants to know us. He wants to free us. He wants to form us. And then he wants to use us, right? He's saying, I will redeem, I'll bring you out. In other words, I want, to, I want you to know me, not Pharaoh. Don't serve Pharaoh. Bring you out. Oh, I pray that you would know him, right? That's number one, that we would have relationship with God. Number two, that your eyes would be enlightened. 
right? Oh, that he'll free you. Because how many know you could bring people out of Egypt, but then you got to get Egypt out of people. A lot of us have left Egypt a long time ago, but there's still some Egypt in us. It's like me. I grew up in Hialeah. You could take me out of Hialeah, but then you got to get Hialeah out of me. Like, it's, it's a process. <laughs> right? That's character. He wants us to have character. Then number three, we see his function. He wants us to walk like him, look like him. In other words, it's called spiritual formation. We believe that God wants to form people that look like him, talk like him, walk like him. Not that we're going to be perfect, but we strive to be like Jesus. Amen? That's spiritual formation. And that's the process we're going to go through from here until we get to eternity. Sanctification. Then number four, fulfillment. That we would walk in his purpose and his calling. That he would use us, your giftings. You're, you're, you're gifted. You, God puts something on the inside of you way different than me. I got some gifts. You got other gifts. You got other. We need everybody to walk in what God has called you. And so we wrapped it up. These four things, we wrapped it up in these four simple words. Reach, help, teach, release. Come on, Calvary. Can you say it with me? Come on. Reach, help, teach, release. We put it this way, we want to reach, this is our vision that all may know God. We want to help connect people to community. We want to teach everyone discovering purpose, and we want to release making a difference in the world. We want to reach. Calvary, what's Calvary's vision? Reach Miami, reach the world that all may know God because he wants humanity to know him. Amen? Amen. Number two, we're going to help connecting people to community. Why? Because in order for you to be free, you need somebody in your life. Hear me out. God saves us, and then he uses his body to free us. The Bible says in the book of James, confess your sins to one another, and you will be healed. Jesus saved us, and if you want to be healed, he says, talk to somebody next to you. I'm using my body to heal you. Somebody needs to know about You don't got to tell everybody your secrets, but you do got to tell one person your secrets. Right? You're going to find healing the moment you join a group and get somebody in your life that you're accountable to. Somebody needs to know your business. Not everybody. There's some other people that are nosy. Don't tell them. But, but one person needs to know, what are your struggles? What are your issues? Let's get Egypt out of here. You hear me, church? That's, we got to connect people to community for them to be free. Number three, teach everyone discovering purpose. And then four, release, making a difference in the world. How do we do that? We do that through services, groups, classes, and teams. Is this making sense? The four things that we do, reach, help, teach, release. Services. Our services are made. We got three services on Sunday. We got one the first Wednesday of every month. We keep getting more full. Pray. We don't know what else to do. Later on this year, we might add a fourth service. Literally, that's where we're at. God has been good. Many of you know we're looking for land. We're trying to build a building. We need at least a thousand seats somewhere. We might build it back here. We're talking to architects. We're also talking to realtors. Pray for us. God is on the move. Over the past year, we are up 17% in attendance for the glory of God. Come on. God is good. And so we need a, we need, we're trying to figure it out. We got Encounter Conference coming up. We got Flourish. We're going to the school across the street because we don't got space. And so that's a good problem to have. Our tithings and our offerings are up 15% from last year. Come on, a lot of people believe in God and putting him first. And so we're going to continue to do services where God is lifted up. When it comes to help, we do that through our groups. And we are actually up 15% in our groups. More people leading, more people in community. But here's what I'll say. We need more leaders. We need more people. Our goal by the end of this year is to have over 80 groups. And we pray that many of you, we, you jump on that vision. Number three, for people to be taught, teach, to know their calling, everyone discovering purpose. We do that through our classes. We got Growth Track. We got CLS. We got over 100 people registered at CLS. They're passing over close to 700 people have graduated Growth Track in the last six years. Come on, for the glory of God. Come on, people discovering their purpose. 
And then Dream Team, right now we're just about over 350 people on Dream Team that serve on Sundays in different parts of the city. Before the end of the year, I want to get over 450 people walking in their purpose and their calling. But here's what I'll say. We're going to continue to reach, help, teach, and release. This is the vision that God has for your life. He wants you to know him. He wants you to be free. He wants to form you to look like him. And then he wants to use your life. Listen to me, church. We're about to leave, but do you know him? I'm not, I'm not talking about, does your family know him? Like, yeah, I had a grandma that took me to church when I was little. Yeah, God, I know God, and I used to see him in the painting. As soon as I walked into my grandma's house, he was there, you know, saying hi to me. Like, we all know that, right? But do, no, do you know that Jesus? He doesn't want to know your grandma. He doesn't want to know your mom. He wants to know you. And that's our prayer when we say reach. It's that, that every single one of us will have a vision for my life. I want to know God. Walk with him. That I wouldn't just hear a preacher or go to a church, but I, I know him personally. Yeah. I have a relationship. This year, by faith, say, I'm going to know God. Yeah. I'm going to know God. Amen? That's our prayer, that everybody that calls Calvary home would know God personally. Number two, that you would be freed. Don't continue to drag stuff. I know you got stuff in your bloodline and your family and all that and bad tempers and divorce and all that. Like, hey, say, I'm a new creation in Christ. And, I don't got to carry around that bad habit in Jesus' name. Come on, Calvary, 11 a.m., are you with me? Come on. In Jesus' name, we're going to be free. And so this year, join a group. Maybe you've never joined the group. Get some accountability. Maybe it's one, two people that know your stuff, and, and they can help you out with the dirty stuff in your life. They're going to be there not to judge you but to love you and say, come on, we're all going to get out of Egypt in Jesus' name. And then number three, go to a class, whether it's CLS or Grow Track. What is your purpose? What is your gifting? How has God anointed you and gifted you? Some of you are incredible at music, at sound. Some of you at raising kids and teaching kids. Some of you are just being hospital people, loving people, caring people. Some of you teachers. Some of you are just amazing. What is your gifting? Find out what it is. Some of you are incredible actors, directors. Like I believe God wants to use his people in different parts of the world, not just in a church. Come on, we need Christian actors, we need Christian doctors, we need Christian lawyers, we need Christian artists. Can I get an amen? amen? What's your gifting? Let's find out your passions. And then number four, join a team that you would walk that dream out with the team. We call it dream team. Amen? amen. The band's going to come up. I'll finish with these last three things for the year. What do we do, right? As we know that he wants to know us, free us, form us, and use us. What, what do we do this year? I'll finish with these three things that I think can help us. And you can write these down and, and we'll wrap it up. We'll worship God and then go outside. But number one, let's look up. Somebody say, look up. Look up. Maybe, maybe we've been walking by sight and not by faith. Maybe you've been looking around you. You've been looking at all the problems around you. I've been there. I looked at everything, looking at the bank, looking at the salary, looking at the family, looking at this issue and that issue. You, you, you know what? This year, let's say, before I look to the side, I'm going to look uh, I'm not going to look at my strength. I know I'm weak, but he's strong. I'm not going to look at what the doctor tells me. I'm going to look at what the healer tells me. I'm not going to listen to what the bank says. I'm going to look to what the provider says. Yes, this is reality, but there's a greater reality by faith. Several years ago, I was watching the National Geographic Channel. I love the National Geographic Channel, especially when it gets really gruesome and the animals attack each other. And so there's, there's this one scene. I was watching. There's this one scene where there was this buffalo. And the buffalo was surrounded by lions. I mean, he was just about to get torn up. Dan is like, take it down! Right? I'm like, this is awesome. Right? And all these lions are surrounding the buffalo. 
These lions were starving like some of us after 21 days of prayer and fasting. Like they're just starving. They're going to tear this buffalo up. And I'm just like, poor buffalo. And I feel bad for the buffalo. This is crazy. But he, he's surrounded. He's outnumbered by the starving lions. But out of nowhere, like two buffaloes come running. And they begin to knock the lions out. Literally fling them in the air, throw them out. And they came in and saved their friend. And that to me is a reminder, when I'm surrounded by lions in this world, whether it be this issue or that issue or a demon or a lie from the enemy, oh, I'm going to look up to where my help comes from. I'm not alone in this fight. I'm not by myself. I got a God that fights for me. I got a God that defends me. I got a God that steps in. I got a God who loves me. Come on. I'm going to look up to my God. Come on, put your eyes on him. By faith in Jesus' name. The Bible says in Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Look up to where your help comes from this year. This year you might be surrounded by lions. Somebody shout, look up. Number two, look in. Somebody say, look in. I'm not talking about looking at what you got as far as your strength. I'm talking about looking to what God has given you. The Bible says that when we become believers in Jesus, he gives us the Holy Spirit. I'm up here today teaching not because I'm great, but because he gave me the Holy Spirit. Before I come up here on this stage, I say, Holy Spirit, you help me. I can't talk. I can't communicate. I'm not the most gifted speaker, but the Holy Spirit inside of me enables. Today, look in. You got the Holy Spirit inside of you. You got power. You are gifted. You got the power of God on the inside. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. The same spirit, Holy Spirit, that raised Jesus up from the grave is in you. Today, don't start saying, well, I can't. I, look inside of you. You got the Holy Spirit on the inside. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This year, I don't know about you, but I need more of the Holy Spirit because I want to move by faith in his power, not my power. Amen? Number one, somebody say, look up. Number two, look in. And number three, look out. Look out at what? Look at our world. Come on, let's pray that the church of Jesus around the world would stop being selfish. Well, I came this morning, there was no parking. I don't know if I'm coming back to Calvary. And they, they didn't have a per- reserved parking for me. Do you know who I am? Been coming to this church for 23 years since it opened. Like, I know, but there's probably a new person here that's never been here. And uh, what about if we give them parking, right? Well, I walked in and there was not one seat in the building. I know, but that's a good problem because more people know about, no, I need my seat, reserved seating. I got, I'm a season ticket holder. Like, no, you know what? We're going to try to get everybody. If I got to sit on the floor, I'll sit on the floor. But I'm looking out at people in need. We're going to try to reach this city. We'll fill this. We'll all sit on the floor. We're trying to reach our city. We're trying to help the broken. We're trying to help the hurting. We're doing everything we can. To help. The Bible says that Jesus, he looked out in Matthew chapter 9, verses 37, 38. He saw the people and he was moved with compassion. And then he says, send laborers out into the field. Pray that. That we will look out and we're like, well, we got no space. Oh my God, we got additional seating. Lord, we need more people on team. Lord, we need help. Lord, we need a bigger building. I'm here. Lord, use me. 
Ephesians chapter 2 says that we are created in his image we're God's handiwork and he created us before with, with stuff to do literally is what another, one translation says that he, he has plans for you to walk out what did God create you for start walking in that this year by faith somebody say look up look in look out one more time look up look in look out look up look in look out in Jesus name by faith use me Lord use me Lord amen I want you to look on your seats there's one of these on every seat I want you to grab it really quick we're about to leave if you can grab a flyer there's different colors and here's what we're gonna do I want you to take an action step today my wife came up with this idea and I thought it was brilliant but but some of us this year Maybe it's happened in past years. We can't move forward because we're carrying a lot of stuff. Like, man, I'm out of Egypt, but I got a whole lot of Egypt in me. AKA, I got a whole lot of Hialeah in me, right? In the back, you're going to see it says, I'm leaving behind. By faith, I want you to grab a pen right now. I believe there's pens throughout the rows and not ask your neighbor. I want you to write down, this year I'm going to leave behind. Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe you're, yeah, I, I'm going to leave this behind. It's an issue in your life that's holding you back from walking by faith. We all got them. I want you to write that down. I want you to write it down right now because outside there's, there's a wall, uh, this portable wall we just put up. You probably saw it on the way in. It says by faith really big. We put a wall out there in the front patio. And if you're going to see it on the left-hand side, we want you to leave what you're praying to leave behind. And pastors, leaders, we're, we're going to be praying for this over the next week. You don't got to put your name in. You put in fact, if you want somebody to reach out to you, you put it. But if not, just say, hey, pray for me because I'm, I'm praying to leave this behind in 2023. And I want you to go and hang it there on the left-hand side. A bunch of people did that at 9 a.m. It was beautiful. We're going to collect them at the end of the day. And we're going to be praying for these all year long. What's the thing that you want to leave behind? I want you to fill it out right now as we're talking. As you hang this on the left-hand side, you're going to see that on the right-hand side, there's going to be a bunch of promises I want you to pick up. This year, by faith, I'm going to walk with a promise from God. And so as you leave something, I want you to pick up something. And we put different verses out there, and, and hopefully you pick a verse that speaks to your life. I want you to pick up a verse, and it's also going to have some space. And I want you to write there a declaration by faith. Maybe you're saying, this year I'm going to restore my marriage by faith. This year I'm going to get healthy emotionally, spiritually, mentally by faith. And I want you to write something down on that card as well and take it home with you and put it in your cubicle, your office, your car, your fridge. And we're going to walk this year by faith. Let's stand up to our feet all across this place. Can we close our eyes for a second? Thank you, Jesus. If you can, stay in your seats. We're leaving in just a moment. Come on, he's a good God. Amen. He's been faithful. He's been faithful. He's a faithful, good God. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, I'm going to ask Dream Team if you can help me. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Here, additional seating, people watching online. As we have our eyes closed and our heads bowed, maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I don't know Jesus. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I am so far from God. In fact, maybe you walked in like that Soviet Union astronaut. You're like, there is no God. But as we were speaking, the Holy Spirit began to work in your heart. And maybe you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I need to know God. I want to know Him. Today, you want to have a relationship with this God.
But maybe you're looking at everything that you've done, your faults, your failures, your shortcomings, your inclinations. You're saying there's no way that God can love somebody like me. I want to tell you here, all of us are messed up. The Bible says that every single one of us are sinners. I've sinned, you've sinned. We've all done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong. And the Bible says that our sin separates us from God. God is love, but God is holy and he can't be with sin. But here's the good news. The Bible says that God so loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son so that whosoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life. I couldn't get to God, but here's the good news. God came down to me. And today maybe you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I'm too messed up. You don't know what I did last month, last week, last night. I don't, but I got good news. God knows and he loves you still. He loves you so, so much. The Bible says that our, our sin separates us from God. But Jesus came to unite us with God. There's a heavy price for sin. It's called death. And you and I ultimately would have had to try to pay that. Sin will kill you slowly, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, then physically. But the Bible says that Jesus came and Jesus carried my sins and your sins. None of us are perfect. All of our sins, Jesus says, I'll carry them. The Son of God came and he put the sins of the world on his shoulders and he went up on a cross. Come on, with every eye closed, with every head bowed as we're praying, dream team, pastors praying. The Bible says that Jesus carried the sins of the world on his shoulders and he went up on a cross called Calvary. There at Calvary, on that cross, he paid the ultimate price for sin. He was perfect, the only one. And the Bible says that he died. They put him in a grave for three days. And when it looked like sin and death had won after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. I'm gonna tell you today, Jesus is the only one. He overcame sin and death so that today you can have life, love, and a relationship with God. Today, you don't have to carry that. You don't have to keep carrying your sins, trying to do it on your own. God came down, opened up his arms, and he wants to wrap you up today in his love, give you forgiveness, a brand new beginning, a brand new start. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, in here an additional seating online, if you're here and you say, Alex, I don't know Jesus. If you're here and you say, Alex, I want a brand new beginning, I want a brand new start, with every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're saying, Alex, I want Jesus. I want to repent of my sin, turn around, and I want to know this, God. I want a brand new beginning in life. I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. In fact, every eye closed for privacy and for prayer. I want you to hold it up high enough, long enough for me to see you. I want to see who I'm praying for, and then you can put it right back down. In additional, see, you've got pastors as well. You're taking this step of faith. By faith, I'm putting my trust in him. I'm repenting of my sins, and I'm starting again. I'm a new creation in Christ. If that's you, at the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can, as high as you can. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. Amazing, amazing, amazing. In additional seating, overflow, wherever you're at, you raise your hand. You can put your hands back down with every eye closed, with every head bowed. Come on, all of Calvary strong. We're going to say this before we leave. I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. Today I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day you resurrected Tell him, come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, 
Come on, say from today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Church, if you made that decision today, that's the best decision of your life. We have a gift for you outside. Pick it up. It's a small gift you want to give you with a Bible and some coffee stuff. Like, it's a free gift from us to you. Let's lift up our hands. Let's worship Jesus as we leave out of here. We're going to pray one more time. I want you to hug somebody next to you. Tell them I'm grateful for your life, thankful for your life. God, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for your love, your goodness, and your grace. Go before us this week. In Jesus' name.